Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone, welcome to the Rotor Pod Podcast. We are in an unnamed location in Sunland. We don't want to get the bar into trouble for being here. Uh, ahead of the Portsmouth game, I'm your host Gav. On a round table with some good looking fellas that you can't see, but I can. Uh, right across from the table is Chris Cam. How's Chris today? I'm good, mate. I'm good. First time on a recording for ages. Yes, people have probably forgot what you sound like, to be fair. But... They'll, they'll soon be reminded when you start giggling. Everyone knows that giggle. Alex, to me right, how are you doing? Not too bad. I'm having a great time here at Location Redacted. Very, very good. Drinking your pint of Coke there. Absolutely. Yeah, which I bought and was nearly the cost of a pint. I'm quite disgusted. Almost. Yeah. But not quite. <laughs> and to my left, I've got Neil Graney. How's Neil? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, enjoying a snake bite or two, yeah? So yeah, I've, I've, I've kind of... I sent a photo of a snake bite in the group chat um, because that's what I drink. And I've sort of inspired Neil into buying them, and we're both going to be rat ass by the end of the game, I think. Definitely, yeah. So the uh, the team today is as follows: we've got John McLaughlin in goal, uh, Bailey Wright, Jordan Willis, Joe Lynch as the back three, Human O'Nine out wide, Power Dobson in the centre of midfield, which I'm a little bit surprised about. Um, Lyndon Gooch and Chris Maguire just off Charlie Wyke, with Burge, Connor McLaughlin, Kyle Lafferty, Josh Scowen. Antoine Semenyo, hope I've said that right. Just about. Uh, Duncan Watmore and Tom Flanagan on the bench. What have I missed? Sorry, there's, there's some gasps going on here. Oh, I've just missed a sit All right, Lester, we're just watching Leicester Chelsea, just so people know why there's gasps in the background. Um, so, yeah, what do we think of the team, Alex? Are you, are you expecting a, a good, good old hearty win today or what? Uh, well, I'm overall quite glad that he's kept the same team as I do believe that there's a winning blueprint in there, but failing that... Obviously, in the past couple of games, and the midfields look quite weak in the early stages, so it's good to know that um, if that doesn't recover, we've got options now on the bench with the new lads. That, that's the main thing for me. Like, I mean, the other day, uh, the last game, who did we even play? We beat somebody. I've totally forgot. Tranmere. Tranmere, there we go. <laughs> Tranmere. Tranmere. Um, Lyndon Gooch didn't have the best game for me, and I was kind of thinking, like, who do we bring on for him? And there was nobody. And you sort of got that impression from what Parkinson did during the game because we, we, we really didn't um, change it up all that much. Ninth minute his first substitution was. Yeah, yeah, so it's good to see some fresh faces on there. I'm glad Semenyo, I mean, the, the, obviously the Semenyo transfer went through a lot earlier than we, we were, it was revealed. I don't know whether it was a paperwork thing or what, but um, obviously the fact he's playing or in the squad today is, is great news. Um, so I'd, I'm pretty happy with the team. I don't know what, I think I might have played Josh Scowen to be fair. I, I don't know about anyone else, but George Dobson was pretty 
I know it was a hard game to sort of stamp your, uh, you know, stamp an impression on, but Dobson wasn't great no, down at Tranmere. The thing is, though, there's, there's only so much of an excuse that um, uh, it being a hard game can really make for you, because at the end of the day, a game like that where obviously the pitch is torn up it's pretty rough the conditions just it, overall you know players notwithstanding aren't great but you have got to make your mark and obviously if, you, if you're withering at that point then there has to be another option if you can't get the game by the scruff of the neck so to have players like scouting in and around now that could potentially be brought on a lot earlier you know obviously he's had time to settle in the team now there's a lot of reason to, to assume that he could yeah I'm, I'm guessing that's why he hasn't been going home with the changes one reason is we're keeping clean sheets we're winning games uh, you don't really tend to change a winning team unless totally necessary so I guess we're in a fortunate position where we can actually give these players the game time that they, they need in, in, in the time that we have allotted I guess we don't have to throw scouting in we're, we're winning games we're keeping clean sheets you know I think as well though, like, I would have I don't know, Dobson was poor against Doncaster as well. I know you're saying like Tramia, it's like, you can't put an asterisk on that game because the pitch it was shocking like, but Dobson was poor against Doncaster. He wasn't, he's not been amazing the last two games. I think you've, you've got this guy behind him now in Scowen who's already fit, he's been playing all season. Throw him in there, show Dobson, listen, you can't just take your foot off the gas, say there's, there's consequences of playing performing. But then again, my other thought as well was that he did look tired towards the end of Tramia. He looked very tired. I thought, well, maybe just rest his legs. Maybe that'll give him enough to come back and be in good form. But at the end of the day, Parkinson sees him training, not me. So maybe he's looked absolutely fine. Maybe he's got the right attitudes. Maybe he hasn't quite done enough in Parkinson's eyes to be dropped, which would be fair enough. Yeah, to be honest, it's like I said before, I think it's more the case, but we're in decent form. So um, Parkinson has the luxury of not having to throw players in. Um, What about you, Neil? What do you think of the team today? Yeah, I, th- I think the counter-argument of what's been said is that uh, after an hour we've got really good options off the bench now, so uh, he can say to Dobson, give us a full hour and then we'll we'll get you off. So I think I think prior to today we haven't really had the options and those options can come on after an hour, influence the game in a positive way and, and kind of some unknowns in there as well, not just to us, but uh, Portsmouth won't yeah. really know Semenyo, uh, you won't really know Scowen, so... It'd be good to see what, what kind of comes off the bench. Um, a whole part until now that he's got options. Um, if the game isn't going well or we need to tighten up, actually make some substitutions a bit earlier because I think 75, 80 minutes doesn't really give these kind of fringe players to kind of influence the game. So Yeah, yeah. yeah well, the Tranmere game, I could kind of see what needed to change by half-time. And that's been the theme recently with Partinson is that he just tends to wait a little bit later than most uh, managers that we've had in terms of making these subs but at the same time you can't argue because we're winning games we're keeping clean sheets you know day, like, it's going to be a very tight it's, we're, we're going to keep it very compact we're going to frustrate them as much as we can I don't think we're going to don't expect a lot of free-flowing football or anything like that from us going forwards I think if we're still in the game at 0-0 or may, even if we were 1-0 down sort of 20 minutes to go I think then you're going to expect to see Semenyo then you're going to expect to see Scowen because then you can expect to see Lafferty as well because I don't think Parkinson just from the way he speaks and press conferences and the way he reacts to results in the past as much as it might be frustrating and I don't personally agree I think he'll settle for a draw and I do believe though that a clean sheet against Portsmouth today would be a fantastic result Yeah, I said the same to you earlier I just think that this is a game where it's a case of if we don't get beat um, it's a good result and I think the Tranmere game the other day was good practice for this in that although they're a lot uh, further down the table than Sunderland are we had to be at our best to get the game won because at the end of the day the pitch was horrendous it, it, it was a total leveller and it changed it changed the, the, the dynamic of the match 
the pitch was tight, just like Portsmouth is going to be today. And we, we have to kind of approach the game in the same way, be prepared to win uh, the second balls, be prepared to win as many aerial battles as we can and just graft, basically. And I just hope that we, you know, the game the other day didn't take too much out of the, uh, the legs of the players. You know, Key area is going to be midfields. Howard and Dobson, last two away games, MK Dons and then Tranmere, they, were, they weren't at it for the first half. They weren't at the second balls. They weren't attacking things. They weren't getting their foot on the ball like Dobson Power. They weren't dropping deep to collect or they weren't doing the right thing. Second half, they always came back on and they did take control again. But if they have a first half like they have against Pompey and our midfield gets overrun again, we'll be 1-0 we'll be down going into half-time, I've got no doubt. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. If there's one other... I mean, obviously, I, I, I do buy into the belief that if a team is winning your games, or at the very least is not letting goals in, as we have done in the past four or five then obviously it's, it's very hard to argue that there should really be changes but if there is one that I would make in addition to maybe having a few question marks over the midfield with them uh, Dobson not performing as, as good as he has been previously in January I'd, I'd argue that w with a good defender like Christian Burgess sat at the back there is it really good to be playing Wyke I mean that number five Doncaster had totally pocketed Wyke for the vast majority of the game until Lafley was brought on and then suddenly the, the sheer presence up front seems a lot more tangible I, I might, I'd be tempted to argue that bringing Lafferty on is, could be too late if White isn't getting a sniff most of the game. Obviously, that, that, that's not a discredit of White before the game's even been played because he did score against Tranmere. But given that Portsmouth are top opposition, you know, relatively speaking for League One, much like Doncaster, I might argue that perhaps we want a bigger target and a more sort of adept and agile one in Lafferty than we perhaps have in White already. That's one thing I might, I might thing say. The thing with Lafferty is... It's great if he, if he can come on and, he, and he, we are struggling to like you know beat Burgess, basically. If he comes on, he has to make sure he stays up top. Lafferty's got a habit, and he has for his whole career, and it's already shown early doors. He's only played like what, like an hour's worth, yeah. less than that for us. He drops deep quite a lot, and if we're chasing the game, he can't be doing that. He needs to, he needs to stay disciplined, partners. He needs to give him the instruction. Listen, you're our out ball. You need to be up there. You need to be you need to be winning the ball, looking immediately for Gooch Maguire or whether it's Semenyo at the time, wherever it is. Finding a red and white shirt and linking up with them straight away. Don't be looking for the ball deep. Try and make things happen from there because that's not going to work against their midfield. Yeah, I see you've got the uh, the Portsmouth team in front of you there, Neil. So what's standing out looking at that? Um, I, th I think their obvious danger man's possibly kind of Ronan Curtis. He's in good form. Mark Wes is playing. He's not really been that great. But um, yeah, I think Curtis is going to be the main danger man. And, and Marcus as well, you know, he's, yeah. he's another one just starting to find his feet. Yeah. Looking at their back five, it's totally different. There's only Burgess, really, from last season. Um, and I thought they looked really solid last season. Um, obviously, I haven't seen them too much this season, but um, it'll be interesting to see even the keepers on the bench. Yeah, there. I'm just looking at it there, yeah. McGilvery is on the bench. Um, he was really, really good when we played them at our place in the league. He, he played a blinder. Uh, you've got, they've also got Ben Close and Ross McCrory on the bench so, and Marcus Harness actually who I thought had a good game at the Stadium of Light so, a good player, like. yeah, I mean it's not just Sonnen who've got options clearly um, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to move on to predictions now because I'm just looking at that team and I'm a little bit less confident than, I don't know why because I, I, I probably should have expected half of those names to be playing um, but I, I'm a little bit worried about Cannon, Curtis, Marcus as a front three I just think they're a, I just think they're a better better attacking outlet than we've seen in recent weeks um, yeah I'm, I'm probably going to go for a nil-nil draw or sneak a 1-0 win the optimistic guess would be a 1-0 win for me what about you Alex what are you thinking um, I'm looking at a game like this and I just think 
if we want to really make a statement for the promotion push, if automatics is the ambition that we're aspiring for, then Wickham aside, because Wickham are crap, we want to be beating a team that's up there and around us. So I think this has got to be a win, but again, it's an optimistic guess. But I do think there's enough in the tank. I think this will be the first game where we do concede, but ultimately we'll go on to win. I'm going to say 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. A little bit more open than, than, than I'm probably predicting. Chris, so, yeah. what do you think? Um, I'm really worried about the way we've played our last three games, really. Um, and a team like Portsmouth and Form playing well up front, definitely, they're definitely going to score. Me mind says we're going to lose this game. Maybe 1-2-0 or two, nil or 2-1. But my heart's going to say we're going to draw at 1-1. Alex is just holding a steak knife to Chris <laughs> as he said that. Uh, I'd like to confirm that Alex did not just hold a steak knife to Chris's throat, nor did he threaten him in any way. <laughs> What we're thinking, Neil? What we're thinking? Uh, I'm going to be a bit more positive. I'm going to go for a 2-0 win, I think. Uh, Go on, lad. I just think, looking at their team, there's obviously a reason why certain players aren't playing, but um, I just think we're on such a good run that we're just... If we get the early goal, I think we'll go on and win it by by 2-0. Well, we'll be back after the game, uh, hopefully with three points and something to brag about, but you never know. It's Sunderland, isn't it? And we've got a hard... Hard task ahead of us, and we'll. we'll uh, I don't have to say I told you so. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, I'll take I'll take the nil nil or the one nil today. Yeah. Right, so it's half time. We're getting beat, and to be honest, I don't think like we deserve to get beat at the minute. I think we're playing all right. Um, I mean, some of the chances we've we've had, O'Neill in particular, that that shot from range. We're just watching the highlights back now, and Christ Almighty, how's he not scored there? I mean, it's unlucky, isn't it? But. I think we're a bit unfortunate to be down. I, I, I don't know about you, Lord. I think I know they've had a couple of good chances, but you talking to us? Yes, I'm talking to you. All right. Yeah, <laughs> no. Addressing all the people listening. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in this pub. It's about 200 people here. Everywhere in undisclosed location. Yeah. Everyone in undisclosed location. Yeah, yeah but no, seriously. Um, no, I, I think I think to be honest, I think some good football's been played in the first half, relative, of course, to League One again, but. I dare say, if anyone's had the better rub of it, it's been Sunderland. They're only behind because we decided not to mark Christian Burgess, the, the biggest lad on the pitch. But, you know, it is what it is. How are you, Chris? I think, like, I want to say that oh, I was right that we'd be 1-0 down at half-time. But actually, the way I saw the game going, it's not the way we've approached it at all. We've been absolutely dominant, I think. Uh, maybe not absolutely dominant, but we've definitely been in control. We've approached it very positive, controlling the ball, possession-wise, been very good. I think Maguire and Gooch have been involved, and that's something that they've not been the last couple of games. We look better when Maguire's involved, he's getting touches. We look better when Gooch is having a run at the fullbacks. Um, he's had Hume making those overlaps as an option, which has given him more freedom. And we've just we've looked a lot more positive in attacking. And the midfielders, crucially, have had a much better handle on the game. My, my main concern is that defensively we don't look anywhere near as good as we have been in recent weeks. So, I mean, the goal, the goal itself was really bad defending, but aside from that, Pompey have had probably three or four chances where... We've looked all over at the back. I mean, Bailey. To be, I, I don't want to slate him because he's only been here a couple of games. Bailey, right? A couple of those chances, he's just been completely missing. Um, I mean, <laughs> people listening to this now, they're going to know the result. But if we continue to, def- to defend like that, we're going to concede another goal. So we need to tighten up. I would think about getting Scowen on because I, I think Powers had a good game, but I don't think Dobson. I've not really noticed Dobson on the pitch, which is a little bit worrying. I think. I think Willis and Wright particularly Joel Lynch is, I mean he, he needs to I, I'm not a massive fan of Joel Lynch today, so he needs to improve generally but they need to communicate more they need to understand exactly where each other are at all times 
there's been moments where for the goal that's Willis falling asleep they've had chances where Wright's falling asleep but actually if you look at some of the play there's been times where Willis and Wright have been stood a good yard away from the Pompey players when well, the ball's being that, delivered. Sorry, Chris, yeah, there was that one ball, wasn't there? Yeah. Where they were putting some really nice footwork together and then Lynch just squares it into the middle of the pitch and no one's there bar a Pompey player running onto it. So, I, I don't know. I feel like while we're playing some really good attack in football and we, again, those listening to this now will know the result at full time, but if we'd have a second half going forward like the first, you're going to get one or two goals and you could still very much win this game. But when they've been going forward, They've been scrambling our defence quite a bit. We look quite disorganised and quite sort of like cautious. Well, not cautious. We just look like downright frightened sometimes when they're getting forward. Whereas they're a bit more resolute, and that, that's making the difference right now. So that's got to be addressed. I think it does come down to it comes down to familiarity. And I think actually, as much as I'm not agree with you, Gavin, like, I don't want to. I'm certainly not blaming Wright. Like I don't want to like put pressure on him unnecessarily after two games. But he needs to. He needs to take more responsibility. Be a little bit more fearless. He looks like he's playing like someone who doesn't want to upset the team or he doesn't know where he stands with people like listen you're the centre you're the centre half you're in the middle of these two centre backs you're the one who sees everything like those times we're talking about where there's been balls played in the box and both Willis and Wright haven't been pressing up high enough Willis doesn't really know where the Pompey players are because he's looking out at the right back position it's up to Wright to either tell Willis where to stand shout him tell him where there's danger is or intercept that danger himself and he's not doing that right now I can't tell you why but he, he needs to just Take some responsibility. Don't worry about upsetting the Sunderland players and the centre halves who've been there a while. Just step up, fill in those gaps, and stop them. Like use your instinct and stop them. I'm going to throw Neil in at the deep end. He's just come back from the bog. Uh, what do you reckon of that, mate? Um, I think going forward look really good. Um, I think the problem with me going forward is everything's bouncing off Wyke, um, and it's what I said on the pod last week. I think he's just a bit kind of where Lafferty is a bit more mobile and a bit more stronger in kind of holding the ball up. So I think otherwise we played really well. Obviously we switch off on one free kick, um, but I'd look to maybe change it, to give White a rest more than anything else and uh, get Lafty on and played into Lafty's feet a bit more, I think. Yeah, I, to, be, to be honest, I like the tempo we're playing at, but I just think we need to tighten up. If we tighten up and we maybe get... I, I've got a feeling that if after 60 minutes, Semenyo might come on if, we, if we're not winning, if we're not back in the game, sorry. Um, to maybe give us a little bit impetus in the final third because uh, for all for all we've looked quite good on the ball the final the final ball and the final product hasn't been great um, so we'll be back at half at, not half time it's half time now God I've had about, time now, yeah. I've, had, I've had about six snake bites sorry <laughs> I'm not speaking I'm not speaking ten um, yeah we'll be back at full time hopefully we're hoping for a better second half yeah um, and Alex is just agreeing with everything I see do you want to say yeah one more time yeah see you in a bit. Yeah, I just had to take a deep breath because I didn't really know what to say after watching that second half. I mean, everybody listening to this has heard what we had to say before the game, what we had to say at half-time. I mean, at half-time, I was quite optimistic, even though we were 1-0 down. Second half, that was absolutely shite. Shocking. Defending was terrible. We looked toothless up front. The substitutions made absolutely fuck-all difference. That was as bad as it's been recently. Um, I mean, Sunderland losing 2-0 to Portsmouth isn't, isn't the worst result in the world. I mean, you look at the league table. Sorry, we're five points off second. So it isn't the worst result in the world, but I'm really, really annoyed at that second half performance, as you can probably tell. Um, what do we think? 
Alex, about that, shite. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'd probably echo a lot of what you just said, maybe minus the profanities. Um, I, forgot, I forgot you're not allowed to swear, are you? I'm not allowed to swear, no, 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 not, not, not really. It's, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm advised against it, you might say, but yeah, no. Look at flipping... It was rubbish. Flipping hecking bad, yeah. Gavin. It's really bad, but no, no, I, I, I did know a lot of what you just said there, I think. Going into the break, you kind of thought, right... Surely we've got enough firepower in us, either on the pitch already or on the bench, to get back in this game. We looked in the first half, I think you said to me a few times, we will get a goal playing like this. And had we have played it similarly in the second half, I think we would have. But they just kind of stopped. They conceded an early goal through another dodgy mistake from a set piece. Gave Portsmouth far too much of the ball in far too dangerous an area. And then after that, they just sort of, they just sort of really, they just kind of like let the wind fall out the seals. There was another little spell there where Portsmouth could have had another two or three because of how sort of lacklustre and how just scrambled was suddenly looked uh, it, it's, a, it's a real shame and going forward again that we offered very little I think that if you were going to compile a highlight reel of that game from Sunderland's point of view you could leave out the entire second half bar the goal they scored because there was nothing to it White again was toothless the substitutions didn't make enough of an impact my patience with, my patience with Duncan Watmore is running very very thin Yeah, I think the fact that it, it's even still existent is probably quite probably speaks quite generously what, what, what is the point of what more that's, you know, what does what he offer well, when, when have we, he's on 20 odd grand a week man what, that, that is shite what is, the, what is the point when have we ever this season when have we ever brought him on and like subsequently looked better never well, that, that's a good point he has, he has absolutely nothing to offer this team I'm re, I mean I, I know he's, he's clearly a nice bloke but I'm, I, my patience has gone with that bloke like, he's just so bad I mean I mean, I'm not going to pin the, the loss on Duncan Watmore. There was a lot worse. Uh, there, were, there were worse performances than Watmore's. I mean, the defending was absolutely shocking today, Chris. Oh. What do you think? At half-time, I think the key things we said were, listen, Willis and Wright need to be better, and they weren't. Um, and then one thing Neil said was, let's get White off. He's been poor. Get Lafferty on. He did that. And I, as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, that's, that's, that's a good idea, because Lafferty's got a bit more about him. He'll be able to like know Burgess's defensive ability a bit better, and we just didn't play to him at all. As soon as he came on the pitch, we didn't play a ball into him like once. I think like maybe one or once or twice after he'd already been caught offside or something like that. But we didn't play to the strengths that Lafferty had, and the midfields, Power and Dobson both at fault. But we just got overrun. Need to refresh. Is there anything to worry about there, Neil? What do you think? No, I think it's a blessing in disguise that we've. That almost that we've got beat I think um, I think it's a necessity now to make two or three changes next week um, freshen the team up uh, as I, as uh, Chris said in terms of bringing uh, Lafferty on he didn't really do much but at the same time the kind of the ball interim was really poor um, I think overall we just we looked tired and or got bullied in the second half so I think probably next week three out of the next four games are at home so we could be sitting here in like two or three weeks, kind of like second or third in the league. But uh, I think, if anything, it's, it's a game that we need to lose just to, as a reality check, really, to see what happens in the next two or three weeks. Totally get that, because it's a weird thing. It's like, yeah, I mean, today was really poor. First off, it was like, you can make the argument and say that we were potentially the better team. But second off, we were so far off the pace. There's individuals, and I, I sort of alluded to this before the game, that we've got a f the last two or three games Tranmere's got a big asterisk on it fair enough but there's been a few games where it's like individuals haven't lived up to their, their standards and their level of performance Dobson being 
key cob for it. I think Hume falls in that category. And, and probably then Gooch as well. Gooch, I think Maguire as well. Yeah, yeah. Maguire was, I mean, the last two games, I haven't really noticed him on the pitch. I know he got, a, he got an assist in the, in the last game before today. But they have to be better. And the reason we've brought these extra players in is to give competition. And if I'm Phil Parkinson watching that today, I'm thinking we have to change it up because there's clearly, I don't know whether it's tiredness or maybe just getting too comfortable with being out there, but that is that is as bad as we've played in a couple of months, the second half today. I mean, I'm just so disappointed after the first half how badly we responded, you know? I, th- I think what I noticed second half was just a lack of leadership again in terms of who was, particularly when we went 2-0 down, it was like, it was almost like let's keep it at two as opposed to let's get back in the game. So, I think, again, it's, it's changing it up. It's kind of getting the leaders out there to think, right, what can we do differently? And I think... It's a strange one because I think, I, I agree, but I, I think like our strength was that we had power as grown into the captaincy role really well. Dobson, obviously a former captain himself, he was doing bits. Willis, had come in, he had 0-9 on a string the last few games. He was unbelievably good at like, controlling that. I think we looked a bit weaker down the left-hand side because Lynch and Hume didn't have that same connection. But today, I mean, like Willis just lost it. Wright wasn't talking to anybody. It was just sort of like nobody had, nobody took that game by the scuff of the neck. And it's it is frustrating, but I think it is it is good to also look at it in perspective. That was a nine-game unbeaten run that just came to an end. I mean, you talk about double-figure digits like of unbeaten runs. You're talking about elite teams. We're not an elite team by any means. Even if we're good for this league, it's not an elite run. So let's just take that on the nose. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad results you'll get in a season. Losing away at Fratton Park is not one of them. That this is a team in Portsmouth who are unbeaten. They've just come into form. It's a, it's annoying the way that we lost the game, but in the context of the season, it's not it's not a big deal. And Neil's right in what he says. It could have it couldn't have come at a better time, really. Shake up the team. Wake up those who might have been slacking. Give an opportunity for Parkinson to cut some players out to maybe replace them but there's no reason to overreact if you're the manager because that game was reminding everybody right we're not just going to walk it we might have had a good run but we're not just going to keep walking it you need, to, you need to step up every single week I couldn't agree more absolutely I just think yeah I fully agree with Chris there when you look at the context of the season I think a nine game a nine game unbeaten run from a team which do have exploitable flaws not saying that we're a team that aren't particularly good right now because we have a lot of strengths but a team that does have flaws I think that will breed complacency and I think now is as good a time as any to think right okay we're still in it we know like the the automatics are very much in touching distance if we can regroup if we can perhaps shuffle the deck if the players who are already here are going to kick up the backside by bringing the new recruits in then you know we could push on and we could be a better team for it and you know no better challenges against Dipswich at home where I think we can sort of take away the lessons from this game, bring in some of the new lads and see what the culmination of that entails when we play a switch because it's, you know, we, we need to see an immediate impact and we need to prove to ourselves now that we can beat teams that are in and around us because today, obviously, we were overrun by a team in, in our, of our calibre for this league. So we've got to prove that when we put our, our wrongs right, that we can prove that we're superior to the teams vying for the same spots we are. I think when you're looking like end of the season when you're looking at the playoff picture and the automatic promotion it will come down to like maybe nine nine or so teams it's going to be really really close between all those sides I think I'll be surprised if any one team pulls away you're looking at the top now like Rotherham and like Wickham we're closer to Ipswich now than we are to catching Portsmouth because of that results 
So that to me is like, there's nothing to say that we can't still get up there. So when it comes to the end of the season, it'll be that close. From a Sunderland point of view, if we can continue to take care of the teams below us and handle them, we will be constantly in that conversation. The difference between automatic promotion and playoffs will be how good are you when it comes to the decent sides? You know, you look at players like Luke O'Neill and right back, is he good enough to play against a decent League One team? League One is not strong this season, so we'll get away with it now all season long. But when it comes to maybe playoffs or the last few weeks of the season when we're deciding, he comes up against Rotherham and their team, is he going to be good enough to, to cope? Have we got the personnel to get us across the line against the best teams? Because I think we'll get there. How, where we end up eventually finishing will depends on either tactically or, or I don't think it'll be attitude but I think it might be tactically and we might get found out for a lack of depth Is there anything to worry about? The, the key thing is kind of a plan B from Partington I think when he made the changes he stuck with the kind of 3-5-2 and he maybe should have kind of gone 4-4-2 we couldn't have been any worse at the back put Lynch left back and then maybe just kind of go a bit a bit kind of change it up a bit but I think we were just a bit predictable going forward all day and I think it worked first half second half we are just ineffective going forward so I think maybe Parkinson's learned that switch it up a bit but also switch the um, like the tactics up a bit as well I'm, I'm kind of worried that the the run we've been on we've seen some good football and we've seen some good results as a result we've seen some good defensive performances I mean what, what, way do you, what way will this go? I know it's hard to call right now, but what way does this, it either goes one or two ways, doesn't it? We either learn from the experience and, you know, we, we dust ourselves down, as Steve Bruce would say, and we, uh, you know, we wipe our brow and we get on with it and we, we kick on from here. Or we go through another spell of bad form, which to me, at this stage where we are in the league table, um, isn't... It wouldn't be ideal, would it? I mean, we're, we're, we've got ourselves back in touch and distance. Now we want to maintain the pace. We want to keep up with where we are. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm just a little bit concerned about where it might go from here. But that's the that's the Sunnan fan in this. I can't help it. That's the way it is, being a Sunnan fan. You can't help but expect the worst. No, absolutely not. I think, yeah, the, 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 it is a, it's a fork in the road now. It's either you can regroup and rebuild or, quite frankly, you don't. And if the lessons from today aren't learned then Ipswich will beat you as well because the fact of the matter is that while in the first half when we had some confidence and a bit of momentum we looked like scoring we looked like a good team some of the attacking movements were really really good and were far better than Portsmouth overall but we were undone by daft mistakes in defence obviously the first goal Burgess you know completely unmarked for that header at end of the day he's the most sort of like physically uh, potent player in this for the set pieces of Portsmouth and he was totally just neglected that we should be marking him so that, that's obviously a big problem we've got to focus on the fundamentals with stuff like that second goal as well from a corner they got into the middle there far too easily and there weren't enough bodies to get it out the way and to clear the danger you know they, these are fairly textbook mistakes that the team's fighting promotion like ultimately wouldn't make so if we're meant to be a team that's going for promotion we need to basically tidy up and watch watch our backs and watch our basically our focus because I think it is I think they are getting just a little bit complacent they've defended so well so I think the, the foot's come off the gas ever so slightly during all these attacking threats and consequently it's not bit, it's, it's bit us in the bum basically obviously obviously for the next game we've got a bit of a decision to make in that well <laughs> we just got beat so the manager's got to maybe think about shaking it up or not you know he's, he's stuck by 
He's stuck by the players that have got him this far in the majority of games. He's largely kept the same 11, but what does he change for the next game, Neil? Um, I think, obviously, uh, Joe Lynch looked as though he was dead, so... Um... <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. God, I mean, that was, that was some knockout. Yeah, so uh, rest in peace, Joel. Big in, big Aleem Ozturk. I think, I think, I think Ozturk's been really, really unlucky to kind of be out of the squad. I think he was kind of, he's at the, out of all our defenders, he's probably the most dependent in terms of like you expect from him, in terms of like no shit kind of thing, bit basketball on the halfway line. Um, but I'd, I'd certainly, I'd, 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 I'd certainly bring Ozturk back in. Um, I'd probably bring Scowen in for one of the centre midfielders, probably to give Dobbs in the rest, um, or drop him, however way you want to look at us. Um, would you freshen up that attacking line as well? I, so. I mean, Gucci and Maguire have been pretty flat the last three games. I think so, yeah. It, um, I mean, it would be brutal to drop any of them, but I think um, to bring... To bring the new lad into it, Semenyo, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't, um, he didn't do much today, but we were 2-0 down. Yeah, he, did, he didn't do much, but, um, yeah, I, I think I, I just think the squad needs to realise that kind of we're in a promotion push and everyone needs to be on the toes, so two or three changes, um, I think I'll do the world a good, like. Well, last January, we brought in Ledbetter, we brought in Morgan, we brought in Dunn, and that was the that was the intent. Well, and and Greg, yeah, um, <laughs> that, that, that was the intended impact. Was that these players were coming in and challenge for places, and they didn't really improve the team this time around. I mean, they have to. They have to because for as as well as we've played in recent weeks, um, we haven't seen the best from players in positions who have went largely unchallenged. So attacking midfield, left wing back, centre mid you could even say because Power and Dobson have been a show in. I would seriously consider making three or four changes for the next game just because there's a reason we brought those players in and there's a, you've got to shake things up occasionally to prove a point. And if it was me, and I'm like I say, I'm no football manager, but if that was me and I've watched that performance today, I would say fair play, lads. You've have done well to this point. That was not good enough. And Portsmouth are a promotion rival, and you have to you have to question whether some of those players um, have still got the same hunger that they had two or three games ago. You know, maybe a, maybe a position out of the team on the bench would do the likes of a Gucci or Maguire. The world of good, you never know. The Dobson's the one who you need to get rid of, well, not rid of. Rather, that's a bit extreme. Yeah. He's the one that needs to be dropped immediately because the past three games now he's just not been at a satisfactory standard. And I don't, I don't, he doesn't, I don't know the lad personally. I don't know his mentality, but he doesn't seem like someone who's going to benefit from the continued faith of his manager if he keeps playing bad. Well, he's 21 year old, isn't he? You've got to remember how young he is. He, yeah. You know, he's going to go through spells like this. Of course he is. Of course he is. And that should be why Scowen's on the bench to replace him for the for the forthcoming game. So that you've got someone with maybe renewed hunger, renewed energy, who can get out there and can do a better job until Dobson, until Dobson's spell on the sidelines sort of runs its course and he gets back that gets that momentum back again. I don't think it's down to hunger. You look a perfect example. Dobson, yeah, I agree. Dobson shouldn't start next game. It should be Scowen. Um You look at Denver Hume to start the season. He played the first two games. He was absolutely shocking. He was so so poor. He got dropped 
by Jack Ross at the time. He's come back and he's been absolutely like nailed on starting 11 since then. He's been so good. He has dropped a little bit recently, but the point I'm making is it's not going to do Dobson any time, any harm at all just to have a, a quick sit on the bench, watch Scowan do a job in the team and think, well, I can do that. Get that hunger back, get that fire in your belly and come back out and do a good job. Scowan, though, Scowan's dropped the league for a reason. Scowan's played 40 games in the championship last season. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know he hasn't played so much this year, but my point is, is that this is a player who is a capable championship centre midfield player. He hasn't come to Sunderland to sit on the bench. He's come to take that. He's, he's come to take George Dobson's place. He's come to take Max Power's place. Or, or Max, yeah, or Max Power. Like Power has been. He's, he's really grown at the captaincy role. But if George Dobson's failing, some of that responsibility lies with Power. If he's the more experienced midfielder, you know, there's only so much he can do. Obviously, but you need to make sure that you've got your centre midfielder partner on the string. And you're looking after him. It's. it's Dobson obviously holds the blame for his performances, but for power as well, you've got to look at him and say, listen, are you doing enough yourself to make sure that Dobson has an easier life? I think power was probably Sunderland's best player, Tranmere. Today, I mean, a little bit anonymous, but my problem with Dobson is that when he plays well, it's because he works hard, he runs a lot, he gets stuck in. I mean, where's the quality? Where's the passing yeah. quality? Where's the, the, the quality of the final third? My verdict with Dobson is... I think his poor performances the last few games have come from fatigue. I don't want to blame him for quality. I think he's one of the few players we've got who've got the actual audacity and the balls to play a pass. He'll, he'll spot 09 out on the wing or he'll spot Hume out in space and he will play the ball. And I give him benefit of the doubt, say most of the time he gets it right. And he has got that quality there over him. He's not going to be the player who unlocks the defence for you. He's not going to be the player who splits the centre-halves and puts White in for a sitter, which he'll miss. It's like, but life is going. You're looking for a player with energy who can get things, who can start your attack. At the moment, Dobson's not doing that. Whether it's because, well, no, it's because he hasn't got the energy. It's not because he's not got the quality to do that. He's shown us he's got that quality. He's just, you just need to spell out of the team. That's all it is. Even if it's just one or two games, that's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with dropping a player. Would you would you drop George Dobson next game? I, I don't think it's a case of dropping people. I think it's a case of rotating the squad to, to A, keep players hungry and B make sure that we're on the front foot I think this time of the season it's about it's about making sure that whoever's in there particularly down the spine of the team is kind of on like on the top of the form and if that means kind of pl- swapping teams around um, or swapping the team around sorry to, to mean that there's hungrier players on the pitch then I'm all for that I, I, th- I think it's been great to have a settled 11 but a settled 11 do- doesn't win leagues or doesn't win promotions I think it's a case of of utilising the squad that's full and, and bringing in players now and it may be for one or two games until the other players have a rest but, uh, but yeah I, I think certainly in terms of Dobson he's a, he's a young kid you've got to remember he's 21, 22 he's coming he's kind of been a bit part player he, he's kind of played well in the last five or six games but maybe it's time to just take the heat off him more than anything else and, and put Scowan someone more kind of experienced in the way and just see how he goes Chris is dying to jump in here so I'll, I'll bring him in I think what's crucial is if this happened a month ago it would have been meltdown time everyone would have been furious it would have been a really really bad result because we've gone on such a strong run and like Parkinson deserves all the credit and the players especially deserve a lot of credit for the way we've played they've got credit now they've got credit with the fans you can have a performance like this that's absolutely fine it's all about how you respond Parkinson could put exactly the same 11 out for the next game in a week's time. 
And in fact, no, I would have no problem with that. As much as I've said, I think jobs should be replaced and there are definitely areas we should look at. Listen, if that's same 11 go out and they come out with the right hunger and the right attitude because they've been given a bit of a shot here by Portsmouth, that's absolutely fine. That's the way you win leagues. You utilise your squad to its fullest. Absolutely. But it's, it's all down to your mentality. You've got, to, you've got to see that result now. And Parkinson has to challenge his players to say, listen, that wasn't good enough. It's up to you now to show me. You've shown us over the last month that you are good enough to do this. Let's, let's, let's go after it every single week. One result, this result against Pompey could just be a blip in the middle of a really strong run. We could go one of the nine games unbeaten and suddenly that loss just is, is in the middle of a really strong position. So I've got no issue with Sunderland losing this game. It's all about how we respond, whether that's by the manager making changes or by the players taking that onus upon themselves to really, really go for it. Alex is nodding. Yeah, but <laughs> nodding doesn't generally require a verbal cue, so I mean, I was just kind of nodding along. But if you owe me two pennies worth, I'll give you it. I, I, I think looking ahead, I, I, like, as we've said there, it, Chris is totally right, it's, it's about the response. The, the, the game itself um, could be a means to an end for that response to come about, and it could be a case where we need that tonic sooner rather than later and better we now have the revelation that some of these fingers need to be pulled out rather than we maybe get further down the line you know sort of like grinding out a couple more draws and some you know fairly unremarkable wins and then as we reach March April time realise oh wait hang on actually we need to make some improvements here we get beat 3-0 off someone and then suddenly it's you know we'll, we'll, hit, the, we'll hit the padding button and think oh crap we're, we're very close to the, the, the top two here and we haven't made the desired impact Obviously, should we get this impact now, then Chris is totally on the money. We could get another nine games on beaten run, and then suddenly this is, as he said there, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a slight little crack. It's a, it's a little chasm in like a, in, a, in a road, like leading basically into second or first place. You know, to, to make it the spot on your gav, sorry, just to make it a bit poetic. You know, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fully of the opinion that we can respond to this in the right way. We have a manager who I think has done enough now to convince the naysayers, which, let's be honest, is the unanimous voice of the fan base almost at this point, that, you know, it, it can adapt. Hold on, uh, hold on, are you saying you are the voice of the fans? I, I'm saying that I am part of the voice of the fans. I'm not saying that I am the voice of the fans. <laughs> We've been down this road before. I do not wish to revisit it. <laughs> so, we're, <laughs> we're obviously talking now awesome. about uh, maybe experimenting... <laughs> about maybe experimenting with the, with the team selection but the next game is against Ipswich Ipswich who are a good team up there at the, you know who are, who are going to be in amongst the promotion race when it comes to the end of the season is this really the game to experiment? I, I, I don't think it's the game to experiment ex necessarily um, but to allude to my earlier point I think that I think we may get found out with this kind of formation that we've got of like the the three four three or whatever you want to put it. I think Parkinson needs to work on like if we change it, we change the formation and not just the kind of who's playing. Yeah. Um, so I think today, I think Portsmouth, particularly, I think why it kind of like went the second half is that Portsmouth worked us out. So I think we need need to kind of think that if kind of if it's such match us up, kind of what can we do differently formation wise as well as kind of who we who's on the pitch as well. So final thoughts and are you are you how are you feeling right now? Yeah, right sitting now. watching sitting watching sitting sitting watching Chris make a paper aeroplane out of a napkin. It's going straight in your eye that as well. I mean how how are you feeling right now? Right now, um well I mean <laughs> with regard to the game or Chris is it paper aeroplane because I've got two very different answers depending on what the question is. 
Well, are you depressed that Sunderland just lost? Or are you... I mean, you can't be happy when your team loses. Like it's No, no, but my point is, is like, we lost today, but we did go on a nine-game unbeaten run. That's right. Does it, does it soften the blow a little bit? Because we're we weren't going to win every game for no, the rest of time. No, I mean, I, I mean, I knew there was going to be one, two, possibly a few more losses between now and the end of the season. So for it to be Portsmouth away isn't a particularly remarkable sort of thing to realise that that yeah. could be a game that you're going to lose on. But I mean, end of the day, I think everything that was said there, I'll reiterate one last time. It's about the response, and the response could absolutely come now. It, and I, just to go back to the original point, Parkinson, I think, has done enough for the fan base who very much against him a calling for his head you know only back after the Bolton game he's done enough to convince us that he can formulate a plan when one doesn't initially work as we saw he persisted with 5-3-2 and that worked can he switch it up can he change something and persist with that to generate the same kind of success I think he's certainly earned the right to try and he's, he's got my patience for the foreseeable put it that way well I said it when I was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago in the studio that um, that, that really I think he's earned the right to see the season out at least because I mean it, it it was low it was low when it was low Boxing Day 2019 it was low as I sit here right now we're a lot better off and we weren't going to win every game between now and then and and I'm just I'm just got to th- I've just got to hope that <laughs> you know what it is right I, I need to inform people listening what's going on so I'm sad <laughs> trying to be dead serious talking footy I've got some dick trying to throw a napkin in my pint. You know what I mean? What's going on? Can I just say that probably the biggest disappointment of the day isn't the results. It's Chris's aeroplane. No, no, it's a fact that we're doing a pubcast and Alex has had a pint of coke, a pint of lemonade and a pint of water. Aye, aye, hold on. So, (laughs) Alex, Alex is soft as shite, basically. Right. He's drank nothing with a drop of... Oh, it's you know what it is? I could, I could, if it was one drink between pints, I could think fair enough, but he's drinking pop. It tells me he doesn't drink. I don't drink. That's because he used to be in a rehab facility. It's not true. No, that's sorry, that was Connor, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Connor, yeah. Yeah. That was Connor. That, that Connor. Ah, gambling! Connor, <laughs> Connor genuinely got sent to a rehab facility when he was living in America. Because he held a, like a, a party in his room. He did tell the story on the podcast years ago, so I'm going to tell it again. But yeah, massive dirt on a club. Yeah, but yeah, he held the party, or somebody held a party in a room when he was at uni in America, and the police crashed it, and they made him go to rehab. This is Connor, who's like he Alex said, and doesn't no, no, drink. No. Yeah, trying to make Connor go to rehab, and he said no, no, no. But yeah, I'm I'm about. Eight pints deep of snake bite, and I'm ready to go home. So I we're gonna. Have. I've had loads of pints. Yeah. Listen to me. Listen how. I'm hard as out, me. You're not like. <laughs> you could be. Now. I mean, to be fair, there's something to do up. I don't feel that pissed off because. It just is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Like fucking hell, man. I, I mean, we haven't. It is what it is. If, if you ask me again after Ipswich <laughs> if I'm if I'm annoyed, then it may be a different answer if we get beat. But right now, after nine games unbeaten, can't really complain that we've lost one. It's just one of them things. And it's about how we respond from here. And I hope, I just hope, that um, we don't fall back into bad habits. We, we've done some real good work in the last couple of months, or last month even, since, uh, since Boxing Day, really. And we have to keep it up because we know these players are capable of being 
better than anybody in this league. I mean, I don't think Portsmouth played particularly well today. Two set pieces, two goals. We got caught out. It is one of those things. You know, we battered Wickham, who were top of the league. These things happen to good teams. And uh, we, we just have... It's about what we're doing from here. It, it'll show how, how resilient we are, how, how tough we are if we respond with a win against Ipswich. And I, and I just hope that the players don't take this too much to heart and, and you know they think we're going we're gonna to go twice as hard next time round the result against Ipswich is amazing it's about a performance yeah. it's got to be a good performance against Ipswich if, if we end up drawing it or losing it to an unlucky moment or whatever that's fine as long as it's a good performance it has to be strong we have to be positive the players have to be at it for the full 90 minutes not just the first half if that happens we'll be alright and also rest no. in peace George <laughs> well just to be devil's advocate for the final point now we've got to win. Well, that was us. We've had a little bit too much to drink, half mallets, over and out. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.